Hi, my name is Jason Adriani, and welcome to the Blade in Chats, your skating chat based. In this podcast, we are talking with bladers and bladies from all over the world, united by a single passion, blading. Episode 42, Joe Navran. Yo! What's up, my man? Can you hear me? Yeah, definitely. What about you? Can you hear me? All right, good. Yeah, good. I'm hiding out here in the garage. I just got back from golf, so I didn't know if you could hear me. It's probably the safest place for connection. Oh, great. Perfect. How are you? Everything's fine? I'm great, man. Nice to meet you, bro. How you doing? Man, like, that nice to meet you. It's it's a like completely honor, man. I have to tell you, like, 4-2, it's, like, one of my favorite videos. So thank you so much for making it. And it has been, like, one of the best videos I've ever seen. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's too nice of you, man. I appreciate it, man. You make me blush, but thank you so much. <laughs> I've been no, watching no, some of your other chats trying like, to catch up and hearing, hearing the stories you've been having. And it's pretty cool hearing everyone's stories around the world. I'm digging what you're doing, man. This is dope. Hopefully at the end you'll have a crazy collection oh. when this is all over. Everyone's, you know, experiences. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's like uh, just because I was like bored here at home, I started like to do, to do like those things because, you know, I was like wanting to see how all my friends all over the world are doing and like what was their situation in their cities, in their country and so on. And so, yeah, man, it's like, uh, and I have you here, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's an honor. I mean, I don't know what to say more. <laughs> no worries, brother. You, you're now you are in, I know you're in Italy, but are you close to where the epicenter was of all that stuff? I'm in Milan. Okay. Milan. How far is that from Lombardy? Uh, it's like L- L- Lombardy is the region. In Milan, Brescia and Bergamo are like the, the, the most heated cities in the whole okay. Europe, I would say. Besides Spain and like the, all the area around Madrid and like uh, and Lombardy within like those three cities are like the most heated places in the, in the whole Europe. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Wow. So you guys got to hit kind of bomb. You got to go through that whole, you went through it before everybody did kind of, kind of nuts, man. Yeah, exactly. Like we were like uh, two weeks in advance, like uh, before, like the rest of Europe get infected and get hit by all of this crazy situation. But like apparently from the 4th of May, we are going to be able to do some, some just because like from the 8th of March, like the government says, all right, guys, from this day, nobody is allowed to go outside, no sports, no nothing. You're just allowed to go to the grocery pharmacy and it's pretty much it. So, yeah. And you guys are doing um, the lockdowns are going to get lifted soon or, or eased up a little I bit? I mean, like, apparently, yeah, apparently for the 4th of May, something will be like, uh, there will be like less restrictions. So hopefully we're able to at least go out and skate and stuff, right? You know? Yeah, I was just talking to Erod last night and he says that he's skating and I asked him if he was wearing a mask or gloves and he said no. He said he took a picture with one, but he's just skating as is. Yeah, yeah, because like with the mask, you're not really able to to even take a breath because like it really covers you. And like going skating with the mask, I do believe it's like kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I cannot imagine, man. I don't like to wear it in the grocery store, but still get it done. So, 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, so, like, you're living right now in L.A. or somewhere else in California? I'm close. I'm in Orange County, which is, like, 40 miles south. Okay. Uh, not too far. Okay, perfect. So, like, what is going on right now in Orange County? Um, well, we've been locked down for a month and a half, and they're supposed to lift it up um, May May 15th. But things are starting to things are starting to kind of relax a little bit already. Um, I, I play a lot of golf now, so there's a lot of golf courses that just opened up maybe like a week ago. So people are kind of getting out of the house, and um, you can kind of feel the restaurants are kind of. When I go out to get takeout, I see a lot of people at the restaurants and people are on the streets, whereas a few weeks ago it was like a ghost town. So I think everyone's kind of – the first shock is kind of gone and everyone's slowly starting to um, mm-hmm. ease back a little bit, right? Okay, okay, perfect, perfect. Aren't you guys scared to be, um, like, going to be at the same situation as New York? No, I mean – Honestly, without me going on too much of like a rant, I probably have a real, like, I have a real different kind of jaded view of the whole thing. Um, I, and let me start off by saying before I give my crazy spiel here that I have a very close friend, somebody that you know, legend in the, in the sport. I don't want to say his name right now. He'll probably talk about it really soon, but someone that everyone knows, um, and his dad is in the hospital. He's been there. He was on a ventilator for three weeks. And um, he just he just got off the ventilator like a week ago. So now, I mean, it was looking very, very bad. And now they're saying next week he might come home. So he just started eating his first, like, actual meals in the hospital. So this thing is real. Anything I say after this does not mean that I don't take it seriously because I definitely do. I was I took my kids out of school before um, the schools here. When they when, Before they even, like, started basically shutting down, I was like, I told my wife, like, my kids do jujitsu and stuff, and I said, no more jujitsu, no more school, because I just didn't know. True, but now true, it's like, true. I mean, you probably, you probably hear about our country. We're very, 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 very um, polarized, very divided, right? And so I'm pretty neutral when it comes to that, that shit, the politics stuff, but um, there's a real concerted effort to make this, as bad as bad as it is already, but make it even sound worse and be worse to kind of go after the government, the president, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, and so, you know, a lot of our news, everything is negative, 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 negative. You don't hear about people recovering. You don't hear good stories. You just hear like, oh, a 19-year-old got it, or oh, you know, a healthy 30-year-old skier got it. But you don't realize that you know the majority of the people that get this and the numbers are there is very old people and people with like underlying conditions, right? But, yeah. you know, they want to scare us. I don't know if it's to keep us, you know, shut down. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I don't know what the reason is. But uh, I just saw last couple of days ago last week that the, the antibody tests that are coming out are showing that New York City has like a 25% spread. Uh, and I read some article by this guy from Stanford, some doctor. His name is Scott Atlas. So it's worth reading. It's short. And basically he goes through the data. And he's, he, had, he basically is proposing that the lockdowns were for nothing. Not in the beginning it was smart because we didn't know what was going on and it kind of protected overflowing the hospitals. But now it's like looking like the fatality rate is much, much lower. You know, they were saying 5% crazy numbers, but now they're saying it's much, much closer than what a flu is. Now, I'm not comparing this to the flu because it's mm-hmm. way more contagious, but I think when we start getting testing of everybody, because right now the infection rates still are growing pretty high, but... It's just because we're finally getting testing. Our country was so screwed up on testing 
that we were kind of behind. Now that we're getting the testing, our numbers are going up, but the fatalities aren't catching up, right? So um, I was really scared, and now the more I kind of actually do some looking into it and the numbers and stuff and look at how the media – I can't even watch the news anymore because it's just negative, 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 and I can't really get Too down much, with it. Yeah. yeah, I think that it's a very serious thing. If you're an older person, if you have underlying conditions, if you smoke, if you're overweight, you have heart disease, any of those people get the flu and they can get pneumonia. It's not good if you're 85 and you get pneumonia. Fact. But, you know, we're used to the flu. So this is a brand new thing. Everyone's scared. I was scared. But as, as it's going, it's like, you know, I'm starting to kind of see, the, see a little light at the end of the tunnel. I think everyone's going to be all right. But what do I know? Mm-hmm. All I know right, true. Here. Yeah, that's. I mean, like, I was, like, thinking the same thing. Like, after, like, uh, two or three weeks watching those, like, uh, news at the telly, I was, like, kind of sick of it because just like you were saying, that I told all the time, like, negative stuff, number of deaths, number of affected people. You guys got to be inside. You, you're not allowed to do this, this, and that. I mean, sometimes, right. like, a little bit too much, those, those negative things from the news, right? Because, I mean, it's the last thing I really say on it because I don't want to act like I know a lot. I don't. I'm very ignorant. And so, but I do know this, if our goal was to control the spread and to flatten the curve, well, we did that, but now when we open up, the virus is not gone. So people are still going to get the virus. So all we really did was delay infections and delay deaths. And if all we're going to open up for is to shut us down again in a couple months, people are going to lose their minds. Uh, A lot of people out of work right now and, and it's not, and so it's not because, I mean, it's not based in science and data, right? It's just based in fear and, 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 and kind of craziness. So I, I don't know. I think that, you know, look at Sweden. I was watching a video with a epidemiologist there. You know, you, they're not even, they're not locking anything down. They're just protecting the old, wear a mask, be safe, wash your hands. They just believe it's going to spread no matter what and that the fatality rate is going to be somewhere around 0.1, 0.2, something similar to the flu. But people don't want to hear that. And um, they'd rather be locked down and, and they think that they don't realize how much bad stuff happens when you're actually locked down and you can't actually do anything, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And, uh, and so, like, with, with that being said, I always, like, wonder, like, to ask you, what is your, like, what is your job right now? What are you doing for a living? I am a lawyer, believe it or not. Wow, crazy, man. Law. Yeah, I went Damn. back to law school in 2015, so it was kind of a weird left turn. Um, but yeah, so I, I graduated in 2017 and been practicing mm-hmm. for a couple of years now. Ah, great. That's amazing. So congratulations. Yeah, I don't know if congratulations are in order. It's not the, <laughs> it's not, it's not working in the skate industry, but it, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's definitely. It must be pretty, pretty busy, isn't it? It can be. Uh, honestly, the last month has not been very busy. Um, the last month has been, like for most people, um, you know, I've had some work, but mostly just doing nothing, staying home and lying to my friends, saying that I'm exercising when I'm not, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so like, with that, with that being said, like, I always also wanted to ask you, like, when did you start making videos? Because, like, I wasn't looking on YouTube, and apparently your very first video was with uh, David Temple, right? was like it probably was. Millennium or something. No, no, not Millennium. Uh, what was it? Ah, fuck, I forget the name. In 1997, something like that, right? It was 
you're saying my first video ever? And I'm seeing some funny ass comments. I'm seeing all my people here. Abdiel, what's up, my man? A Rod. Yeah, it's like Chapman, Chapman Law. I love Chapman Law. That's where I went to law school. Um, yeah, it's funny. Um, so my first, you asked me what my first video was. It was Plastic Balance. Uh, oh, okay. With Dave Temple. Okay. That was my first video. That was in '96, '97. Yeah, right around then. Uh, and then it was um, Elements. Man, it's crazy. Um, How did you get into the videos? Like, were you, I suppose you, you were skating and then like for some reason, did you like grab the camera and start to film everybody? Or like, was your intention since like the, the very first day to film like so somebody? Like, yeah, so, so in, in 90, I started skating in 93, 92, 93. Um, and around 94, 95, I was going into ninth grade. And I had kind of linked up with an old friend that I had gone to, that I, you know, I had been in elementary school with, and uh, we kind of lost connection. And I think we were, yeah, we we're going into ninth grade from eighth grade, and he somehow we started talking like, hey, how you been, whatever. And you know, I saw one day that he had like a he had a uh, a Senate sticker on his backpack, and I was just like, what the hell? I'm like, you rollerblade? And he says, yeah. So we was kind of like, what the fuck? So we kind of agreed to kind of start hanging out and trying to skate together. So we, you know, we got real competitive. We both were terrible and we'd skate. And, um, you know, that was back in the day when people would send sponsorship videos, like VHS tapes to all the companies. So you'd send in your video and if they liked you, they would contact you and they'd give you free stuff. And all we wanted to do was get free stuff. Oh damn. My sister's in here. What's up, Tammy. Um, so, we I, I started making videos. I didn't know how to make videos. So I went to my cousin, who rest in peace, he actually passed away a couple of years later, how to uh, take two VHS machines, film on a VHS camcorder. This is 1994, right? 95. It wasn't crazy technology back then. We didn't have those resources. So we, we learned how to do that, and we hooked up a tape player to the two VCRs, and we edited it that way. So we made these sponsorship videos and we sent them in and what's up, Chris, we sent them in and, um, and, uh, we didn't really get much feedback like that, but I realized right then that like, you know, I kind of like making these videos. So I started making more and more videos and put them on VHS. And you know, back then you kind of were just like drive around and find spots and you'd run into people and you, that's how you met. There was no, there was no internet really. There was no, there was no connection of knowing who skated. You didn't know who skated until you actually went to um, a spot and you ran into people and that's how you made friends. Um, so I go around and, you know, back then they'd see me filming and I, there wasn't many people really filming back then. So I filmed them and then I'd make these videos and VHS tapes started going around. And um, uh, I met, I met this guy by the name, I say this guy, like he's some random, but his name was Nick Leggett. He was one of the original writers on Senate. And he was very good friends with Randy Spicer. So Nick and I became very close. And um, that gave me a segue to me, Roadhouse. Now, Roadhouse had just done his first profile with VG. I think it was VG, I want to say VG3 maybe. Um, and, you know, Roadhouse was like the biggest name in rollerblading at that time. So when I met Randy, we, you know, he started introducing me to a lot of different people like Ryan Vitor, Neil Samar, Marcus Thompson. And all of a sudden, I started hanging out with the Orange County guys. So um, when I did that, I, uh, I I got to meet Arlo, which was a big, you know, Arlo is now one of my best friends. Um, but back then, it was a big honor to meet him. And he kind of put me on. So through them, 
I don't know how it was, man, that I met Dave Temple because he was out in Kansas, but Dave had just made a video himself that was had a lot of attention. What was it called? Damn, I forget now. Um, wow, I'm drawing a blank. Um, but anyways, um, so I, I made the video with him. I went to Kansas, and I got robbed. The first day I flew into town, Dave and his boys picked me up. No. We took the, we took, I took all the footage. Now at this point I had like a three chip digital camera. I was very, very excited about it. I filmed for like eight months. And uh, when I brought the, brought the camera and the footage, they said, let's go to our friend's house and we'll film some little intro for the video there because it's kind of a crazy spot. And there's a lot of people over there and it'll be like a party vibe. So long story short, we got robbed. These guys pulled out guns on us and we got jumped. It was me, Eric Shrine, um, Dave, and uh a couple of the kansas city guys so we got robbed they took Damn. my camera they took all yeah. they took all my videos all my footage everything so the police came dave actually dave actually ran he took off and so we i'm in kansas city for five minutes right now and he's he's gone he's just he vanished so the police come i have no idea where i'm at i don't even think i had a cell phone at that time maybe i did and the cops come and they take the story, they take the report, and they're like, all right, we'll see you later. And I said, well, how do I get out? You know, there's no Uber or nothing like that. There's no subways, no taxis around there. I said, how do we get, how do, where do we go? So the cop ended up giving us a ride back to the middle of town. And uh, we stayed at, I finally got a hold of Dave. He, 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 got, he said he got hit in the face and he lost it. I think maybe three or four days later, they actually caught the guys that did it. Um, because one of the guys was with us, saw the license plate, took it down. They caught the guys, and these guys went to a circus and filmed um, filmed their kids, their family with my camera, and so they kind of incriminated no. themselves. So they caught, they, caught, they caught these guys. They got all my footage back from the video, and I made they made the video, or else I would have never made that first project because I had nothing. I had no camera and I had no video. So um, that was Plastic Balance that came out, and it and it kind of did pretty good. Um, and from that point. You know, I started meeting more and more people. Um, ultimately, I met Josh. I lived with Josh for, God, a long time. And then Aaron Feinberg moved in with us. And at one point, it was me, Kevin Gillen, Aaron Feinberg, and Josh Petty living together. And that was just became when it became nuts a little bit. And so we were just, you know, traveling every, <laughs> every week um, to random places. You know, this is when Aaron was like, you know, Prime, prime. So Josh, him, and Kevin were always going somewhere, and I would just go and get someone to send me to go and film. At this point, it was like, for me, it was not even, uh, it was not productive to be skating at this point because I was never on that level. So it just became my priority to just, just film solely. Damn, that's a, such an incredible story. Like, I was wondering, like, to see, to ask you, like, where did you get the time for, editing all of this because like from like i don't know elements two one two then you have like a future for orbiting one future for orbiting two and then coup d'etat and then like four three and like in like in a small amount of year from 1998 until like 2002 you have released like millions of pretty cool and amazing videos like how did you get like time to like you know sit down to the computer downloading the tapes editing and all that Oh, I mean, we were, it was just, it's all I did, you know, it's all I did. We, 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 we thrived on it. We would just go out every day and just get footage. And, um, all those guys would sit in the room with me and, uh, we would just, 
drink, whatever, and we would just edit. And we'd make so much stuff that would never come out. We'd make so many things that would just we would just make, and it'd be like, this is kind of foolish, this is dumb, this is a little too crazy. You know, we wouldn't, we would just erase it, which kind of I regret now because I don't have any of that stuff. But we made so many things that never came out. So, you know, once we realized that we had enough footage to kind of do a project, we would make a project. And um, when we started doing the future prospect stuff, we kind of started focusing on like a certain group of guys, and those guys took it upon themselves to just film heavy. They nonstop. Um, and so when the younger generation started coming in, like Frankie Morales and Abdiel and, and, and you know, um, Shane Scour and, and Brandon Campbell and, you know, these younger cats, are they were even more hungry. And so they were just, let's go, let's go, let's go. So, you know, it wasn't hard to do. It wasn't like I had to find time because it was all that I did every single day of the week. And, you know, like I said, we're getting, I got so lucky because there was so much money in the sport back then that, you know, one week they're flying us to, Solomon flew Aaron to Hawaii for this trip. And as you know, Solomon's owned by Adidas. They just have money to burn. And they, they invited him and 10 of his friends to just go to Hawaii. And I want to say it was Future Robotting 2 that the footage is in of us in Hawaii, if I remember right. Um, it's that yeah, with the scooter Hawaii, probably, right? With the scooters, right? Is that 4-2? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Okay, yeah. So we're, we're all in Hawaii. So, yeah, so they flew with me, Josh... Man, Shane, Zamora, Aaron, Dustin Latimer, probably. Exactly. Yep. All those guys. So, um, yeah. So we were out there. And, you know, we would go from there. Next thing we know, we're flying out to Europe. The next week after that, like I said, we were just always on airplanes, going everywhere. So how do I not just film everything? It was really, really easy to pull off. Damn, that's 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 crazy, man. Like. It's, it's amazing to hear to hear like all of these stories and for the FBIs and everything. And how did you get the name Future Prospect? You know, it it, it really wasn't um it wasn't anything. There was just a lot. Uh, there was a lot of. I lost you. I, I lost you a little bit. Sorry, I had to open the car doors because uh it was the connection went out. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, Can you hear perfectly. Me? Okay, so yeah, yeah so um, at around that time, you know, the 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 half pipe and the ramp skaters were getting like all the attention, and um, and the media, and so a lot of the street skaters kind of had like a chip on their shoulder, you know, and they were saying like, you know, they're the future of the game, and it's not about the ramps because ESPN and them, at some point around I want to say ninety seven, ninety eight, they cut out street skating from the X Games, and they left it with only only half pipe, right? So a lot of dope street skaters all of a sudden went from getting exposure, being on TV, having crazy sponsorships to them only doing, you know, vert. Um, and so, you know, it was pretty much the only person, you, the only people you saw back then, you know, were the, like the Asatoka brothers who were dope, um, Cesar Mora, Fabiola, but that's about it really. You know what I mean? And then a lot of the other vert skaters, I'm probably missing some names, but there was a lot of vert skaters that weren't very good at all, but just because they skated vert and they needed spots to fill they were getting airtime so the average person that didn't know rollerblading would watch it and say that those are the best skaters in the world and they had no idea that the best skaters in the world were not those people for the most part right um so you know it was all about it was like the you know we believed that those guys were going to be the future of the sport and they were the prospects you know the younger guys so that's kind of how the name came out nothing else story behind it but they just a lot of guys with chips on the shoulder that believe that they're the future of the sport 
I lost you. I lost you for a second for the very last part. You were saying like future prospect came out. Yeah. So there's, there's just a bunch of guys that just believe, you know, that they were the future of the sport, that they were the prospects that everyone needed to pay attention to. Man, that's crazy. It's amazing. Like, and like, how did you get like, um, between like all of these videos, like, uh, what did you get like, uh, the inspiration for, like, uh, for example, from what you believe in to, to millennium to coup d'etat and, and, and all that, like, where did you get the concept of like, uh, those videos? Well, what do you believe in was written by Arlo. Um, and he, he had been writing that story for, for a while. Um, and, uh, it was, it was me, Arlo and Shane Coburn working on that project. I really just shot it and edited. So I can't take credit for any of the, the creation behind that. It was all, it was all Arlo's kind of idea and storyline. So that was him. The rest of them, man, at first it was just showing skating, just showing the tricks. And then it got to a point where I kind of was getting, you know, I was getting tired of seeing just the tricks themselves. And um, I wanted to kind of show the guy's personality a little bit. I'd worked for VG for maybe a couple of the, a couple of the videos. And then I went back to doing things on my own. And um, I liked the way that Dave would do his profiles. Um, and then I got a little gig doing something for Fox Sports um, when the ASA tour was going around. And they would have me come on and do like, personality street skating stuff um and i try to really get people's um people on the public to see um the the the, the individuals not just the tricks because although rollers were doing crazy crazy hammers and crazy tricks um there was a lot of funny cool guys that i thought um their personalities could got them could have made them a lot of money you know and and necessarily you know at that time i wasn't a big and it's gonna a lot of people aren't gonna like hearing this or people that skated back then i they, they would know it but i wasn't a big fan of daily bread um, at least not towards the end because, um, they were more about grassroots and the amateurs, which I was obviously, I'm in a video called amateur, but they didn't really focus yeah. on the stars. And so I was like, look, there's, you know, people at that point, people were making a living skating and it was just getting hard for them to make ends meet. I saw a lot of my friends, um, they had to quit skating because they just couldn't, they couldn't make money anymore. So I, I believe that they needed to focus on a certain group of guys instead of having, a thousand guys and just always having different names and different people. Right. So my goal was always to kind of keep it real narrow and focus on a select few. And then when the younger guys came up, they'd earn their spot and you focus on them. So that is why it happens with Booter, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that was different because that was Carlos Pianowski and Carlos is probably the craziest human being that I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, and the, probably the last person that I would have ever ever um envisioned living with making videos with because he's like a hardcore metal rock guy and i just wasn't you know but he became a very close friend and um he made that movie him and frankie really made that movie um and so did rainier brandon campbell I mean, all those guys that movie was just those guys were those guys were wild man those guys i was so lucky those guys were just so good um and if i didn't have those group of guys that were around me the whole time my videos would have sucked very, very bad. That's just the truth, right? <laughs> no, come on, man. But but yeah, like it's crazy to see like how from the beginning you you were around, like you were surrounded by those uh, amazing names, like from Dustin Latimer to Aaron Feinberg to Rashard to Brandon Campbell, Brian Argon, Omar Wysong and all that. I mean, it's crazy to see like all of these people like 
gathering yeah. together in, in your videos, man. Yeah, it's like, that's what I'm saying. It was just, it was very lucky. Like, um, I think most people that have a reasonable ability to shoot skate videos, if they have, if they have that kind of group around, it's going to be hard to kind of screw up, especially with like Dustin, <laughs> Dustin and Dustin and Kevin Gillen and those guys like around that time. I mean, those guys were just animals. They were savages, just savages, ready to die every single day that they put skates on. Like I was never that kind of role better at all. These guys, Brian Shima, like, what the fuck? These guys did not, they went into a different mode where if they died, they died. Carlos, I don't want to get too in his personal oh life, but goodness. his mom passed away. Um, and he, you know, he told me that, he once told me that I was, he was going to do some real crazy shit down in San Diego. And I, I, would, I was, I was kind of, I was a pussy behind the camera. Like, hey, don't, hey, maybe let's, let's think about this. Let's relax a little bit. And he would get mad at me. Like, no, 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 we're going to do it. And he goes, he's like, well, if I die, I'll be with my mom. So I was like, oh, shit. So people like that, they just have different inspiration and different, they're wired differently, right? Was it, was it like the, the, the triple key? No. Um, El Toro stories. Man, El Toro, everyone just got murdered on that stupid rail. The, when you land on it, the ground goes up, so it was really hard to land. I that's where I met Richard, though. That's, a, that's the only story I got from there. What did you say? Sorry. Uh, no, no problem, problem. There's like a shout out from Abdiel. He says like, uh, "I have to go. You're the best, Joe. Miss you, bro. Much love." That's my guy. Yep, love that kid. <laughs> he's not a kid. He's not a kid anymore. He's a dad now, but that's my guy. My boy Vu is in the chat. Okay, man. Like I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> Everybody, that right, people are super are hype on this one, bro? man. Uh, was it like the the king krill that like Carlos did like uh, the triple king krill with the drop in front side? Yeah, was it? No. Yeah, 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 that one in San Diego. The, are, you, are we talking about the one by the beach or no? Man. The one by the one by the, yeah, one by the one beach. Like, right? uh, there's yeah, where like Frankie, there's like one shot where like uh, Carlos fell and Frankie like put his hands like on, on his yeah, head. Yeah, 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 and the yeah, other yeah, one in yeah, the yeah, profile, Carlos did it. Yeah, that one, that Man, one. I was trying to talk him out of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's crazy. And, like, so, with that being said, like, uh, you've been also pretty close to, to Rashard Johnson, right? Yeah, that's, like, again, that's, like, my little brother. Man. And how did it Because, like... Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 you, you first, please. I, I was just going to say that, you know, Richard and Eric are basically my only connection left to the game because I just watch those guys do the craziest shit. And um, I, I just, it's like, it's, I feel like it just reminds me of like what we were all about, right? Like, I uh, I don't know if you saw the new Blader Gang post from like a couple of days ago that Eric posted, but um, for the, I think it's, a, it's the intro for the new video for the Blader Gang world, Worldwide. Yeah, of course, I mean, of that course. Just, that shit is just... I see that. It's like, I feel like it's like, you know, obviously way better quality stuff than what we did, but I feel like, I, you know, that's back my generation. That's my thinking. That's my, that's what we were trying to do. I love it. That's why I love Erod so much. And I see him in the no, chat right there. Erod like, is, and Richard together. Yeah. They're, they're, they're both, they're both crazy. Richard is getting crazy dope. His cinematography stuff. He's doing like uh, racing or car, some stuff with cars, but like, I can just tell like his, his level's getting up. Same with Vinny Minton. I mean, Vinny, uh, Vinny is like an amazing, amazing cinematographer. He's doing stuff just the, for the Super Bowl, for, you know, every, every sports athlete you can think of, Vinny's been doing it. And I remember he was staying in my house. Yeah. For, we did his first section. 
I think it was Elements, maybe, or Elements 2, Elements 2 maybe. Um, Elements 2, yeah. Elements 2, okay. So they all blend or together. Amateur. But, maybe Amateur, right? Was it amateur, yeah, Amateur, probably. Yeah, that's right. Um, and Vinny came to my house, and he didn't know how to use the camera. I mean, the kid was eating Top Ramen at my house every day. He had no money, no no nothing. He was just an amazing role bidder. And now he's literally one of the best cinematographers that I've ever seen. Like, he can do anything. So it's crazy seeing all the guys that kind of came up with us now. Like, all my younger guys, they, they're killing it, doing stuff that I couldn't even imagine. No, like, Joe, I have to tell you, because, like, of course, the thing that I was telling you about 4-2 and everything was, of course, a big inspiration. But just like I said to, to Dave Payne, like, you and Dave, like, literally influenced my life. Because right now I'm a, I'm a videographer, and I do believe it happened because the influence I have, like, from you and from Dave within, like, all of, all of your works that you guys have done through the years. So, yeah, I have to, to thank dope. you guys. That's, that's for crazy. That's crazy. I never thought when I started that somebody in Italy, you know, would watch my videos. It's, it's kind of it's nuts, right? Um, <laughs> it's just it's no, so cool here. I mean... <laughs> And um, so, like, going back to, to Rashad, like, is there any, like, um, because, like, from what I've seen, like, I haven't seen any clip from Rashad in, like, the previous videos before 4-2. Like, uh, did it, like, uh, there's, like, any behind the story, like, with Rashad? Like, he came out, like, Rashard. out to... Yeah, he was, Rashad was getting in a lot of trouble um, before we met. And so the credit on kind of exposing Rashad, I think, would go to Matt Mickey at Intuition Skate Shop because... Matt was telling me that, you know, I have this kid. He's really, 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 really good. And um, at that time, I said, bring him out and, you know, we'll, we'll check him out. I was kind of like, I, I, at that point, I was kind of, I, I, I was very weird about bringing people into our little circle, you know, at that point. Because um, it got weird where we had random people coming in and trying to steal things and, and say things. So I, I got to a point where I was kind of very strange about people coming into our circle. And so... But when Matt told me about Rashardi came around, I had saw some videos that he had, some like little local videos, but nothing big, no. And then I saw his footage and I was like, wow, he was a little like rough, you know, with his style. But I was like, this guy is freaking special. And so when we shot 4-2, it was just insanity because we filmed it. We probably filmed that whole section in, I don't know, maybe two weeks. Um, no way. A lot of, yeah, a lot of footage. It was just hammers. I went up to his town um, in, in North L.A., and then he came down here maybe once or twice, and it was done. And that was it. And then he blew it. And then he won the hoedown um, competition in, in Dallas, Arlo Eisenberg Skate Park. They had the hoedown, right? So he won that. I think he won, like, maybe, like, ten grand or something. And then his life at that point just flipped and changed and never looked back. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, remember, like, you are in VG16 saying something about, like, Rashard. Because, like, uh, Dave came to you with the camera and asked you, hey, Tell us something about the uh, 4-2. And you say, yeah, you were saying something like, uh, Rashad is in the video, so the video is going to be tied and all that. So, yeah, you can tell, <laughs> yeah, like, basically, Rashad. Basically. Basically. That's my guy, man. Those, I, lo I, lo I love going out with him and Frankie and those guys. Um, they just made it made shit fun. Man, we got into crazy. a lot of trouble. We also have, like, a, a shout-out here. A what? There's a shout-out here from Chassens. He said, uh, Joe, mad respect, dude, you killed the game. Oh, I know Chad Sands. What's up, my man? I haven't seen that guy in a long time. What's up, brother? <laughs> the one and only, Chaz. And um, so, like, with that being said, like, which was your favorite project that you have done? 
man, I I think we just watched like a live stream on um last week I think it was with the the Jump Street guys. And I someone else asked yeah. me that, but it was probably Coup d'etat was probably, you know, the one that I'm most proud of because I think it stands kind of the test of time still. But the the tour video, which is ultimately kind of what got me fired from USD, was my favorite just because, again, it showed everyone's kind of like real size. It was like a lot of people hated that video because it wasn't much skating in it. Or they said it wasn't much skating. It was still a lot of skating, but people said that it wasn't a lot of skating. So, but I really enjoyed doing that one just because, A, the tour, we got the tour together. Uh, one last time and had this crazy RV that we drove up and down the East coast in. Um, and, uh, but coup d'etat, obviously that's probably the one, I mean, that one we had premieres in different countries and I mean, we, we flew to Germany to premiere it. We were in France to premiere it, Belgium. Um, I don't even remember. We, flew, we premiered it here on the West coast, on the East coast. And we never did a robot video that had like five premieres. So that one, you know, it was a little different. It was a little different. Yeah, it was a little special, yeah. right? Um, you know, it was movie, premieres at movie theaters, like real movie theaters that I would go to, you know, now. And so that was that was that was probably special, a little different, just because also the guys that were in it. I mean, how do you how do you even touch those guys? Um, that was my first time doing a video with John Julio too, uh, and that was just kind of crazy for me because John Julio back then, you know, there wasn't many people that were kind of pre my time. You know, the ones that were, they really weren't skating that much anymore. Like the, Brooke Howard Smith and uh, B. Harden and those guys that became my friends, but John was still skating and still skating today. And so, you know, so it's crazy. So when I got to do with the video with him, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of the one guy where I was like, oh shit, you know, this is different. Man, Which one was the wildest a- premiere? The wildest premiere would probably be the one we had here in Orange County for Future of Royal Wedding 3 because. Um, we came back to our house afterwards and like the whole daily bread crew came to our house and we probably had like a hundred people in my house and yeah. it wasn't a very big house and it was packed and there were so many people in there that I didn't know. So I remember we were downstairs and, um, and Shane or someone, we were drinking downstairs and Shane, Shane Scour was downstairs and he, and Charlie Ashby and Shane Scour and, um, and Carlos, we all lived there. And so Shane came down. We were in Shane's room. I'm trying to get the story right. We were in Shane's room, and um, we were drinking beers, and there's this random kid sitting in there in the room with us, and we're watching something, maybe some, some footage or something. I don't know what we were doing. But Carlos comes in the room, like, with his shirt off, all sweaty. I'm like, what happened to you? And he said, oh, man, that you know that old lady that was at the premiere tonight? And I said, no, which one? Said, the one that works at Daily Bread." said, oh, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. She's like this like 50-year-old lady. He goes, yeah, I just fucked her. And I said, what? what the fuck? And then the kid that's in the room goes, hey, man, that's my mom. So no way. That, 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 that to me was the craziest because we all felt real bad. We went outside, and then it was just the whole night was that started off the night, and the police came like three times that night. And ultimately um, – I don't think anyone got arrested, but we did get a ticket. We got some kind of a citation that I remember getting, but that was, that was the craziest. I had ended up moving out of the house because um, there were some fights that happened to from that night and the neighbors came back and were making threats. So I had, after that premiere, I had to move out. So that was definitely the craziest premiere as far as ramifications to us. Damn. (laughs) 
that's a that's a crazy ass story, man. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, uh, that means that, like, there was like, a, it ever happened that, like, you have watched like a video, for example, a mind game video or like a VG, and you, and you thought, man, like, I wish I could have uh, done this video, or like, I wish I could have like uh, work more with this guy. Like, it ever happened to you anything like that? There was never a video that I watched that I was like, I, wa I wish I could have done that video because, I mean, might sound arrogant, but I felt like, you know, our videos were as good as anyone's. The skating was just as good as anyone's. Um, but, I mean, the Hoax 2 video, which is right about when I started skating, to me, that was like my inspiration to want to make videos. And those guys, their personality, the tour. And so when we did the USC tour video, I kind of felt like we kind of got to do our own little mini hoax hoax two um a, a hoax two redo right angie walton no it was not angie walton it was someone that worked for angie walton yeah man that was crazy which i'm going to i'm going to have like angie here on these blading chats like next week oh shit well angie's dope and i just bashed daily bread but it wasn't her fault but um and i don't know who that lady was but you can ask her if you want um she might, she probably knows, she probably knows about that story, to be honest with you, but maybe she might not want to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. And like Chris, Chris Polar from Australia, he also said some shout out for you, for you because of the video that you've done and asked you like, uh, uh, is it you, why you is he fired you? Oh, because, well, when the tour video came out, like I said, it was, it was not a very, it was not a big success. Um, USC tour video, I think, USC tour video might've sold something like, 80,000 copies, like VHS tapes. Um, and I think USD tour video probably sold like, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15,000 copies. So, and I think that was the first video I did on DVD actually. Um, but yeah, so when the, when the sales went down and I kind of got a lot of arguments with those guys uh, about, they wanted me to do, and I ended up doing another video actually. I did legacy. So I ended up getting let go after that one. But Things were just kind of, we were kind of not seeing eye to eye on, on projects and I didn't really like people telling me how to do stuff. And I'd already done too many team projects. I was kind of doing, um, I was doing stuff with, uh, I want to say it was Senate. Maybe I did something, helped out with Dave Temple with the Senate project, but I didn't want to do any more team, team projects. I didn't like it. I didn't like having like some, some company telling me, you know, how they wanted things to be. I kind of wanted to just do it my own way. Um, and right around that time is like when I started getting burnt out. I started getting a lot of cease and desist letters from, from, from law firms, which ironically is funny because now that I'm a lawyer, but, um, you know, trying to basically sue me for using music without rights. So I, I got tired of that stuff and, um, I got real burnt out, man. You do that many videos for like 10 years, yeah. 15 years, you just kind of get burnt out doing the same thing. So I, you know, I started trying to do other things doing like cheesy rap videos and, and, and event videos and things like that. But um, that's right around the time that I started doing Franco shade because it was like a completely different, completely different space, right. From video. So I got into that whole, well, that's when I started getting into the whole fashion thing. And it was originally a skate brand that just kind of started getting a lot of attention outside of skating. Um, but yeah, that was a roundabout way to answer your question as to what other projects I saw um, but I mean, all the, there were so many good filmmakers back then. Um, you know, Bo Coddington had a crazy video down in, in San Diego. 
Dave Payne, obviously. Um, there was just, there were so many people that were doing stuff that was, you know, motivating, expiring, but it was also very competitive. And I think that's why Battle My Crew videos started coming out because Dave was like, look, everybody can come and, and, and just try to like show off and, and, and represent their crew only, you know? So that's it. True. And like, uh, which was, I, I do believe like maybe this one is kind of a tricky question, but like, uh, who was the, your favorite blader to film with? Oh shit, man. Um, <laughs> it's so hard to say between, so let's do it like this. For me, style wise, well, okay. Wow. This is, this is, I've never been asked this question before. So here, here's how I answer this question. Josh Petty was my best friend in rollerblading the entire time. Um, I was the best man at his wedding. I love that guy. I still talk to him almost every day. So when Josh skated, I was very vested in Josh because Josh dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of knee injuries specifically. Josh could barely walk by the time he finished rollerblading. He really, he got wrecked. So when I would film him, my heart was more into it than for anyone else just because I know how much I saw how much pills he had to take how many physical therapies how many surgeries um you know I think he went to Canada to get some cadaver surgery because they didn't allow it in America to put you know some other human cartilage into his knee um and so that was for me that was the guy that I really wanted to do the best the person with the most style to me that was when I filmed them was either Richard, um, man, I can't, the Richard Shima or, or Frankie, they just had so much style. And when you film them, it felt clean, right? Like, you know, the landings, the approach, certain angle, certain condition and flow from, uh, from, from different clip to clip. But um, the craziest people for sure were, were Carlos Pianowski and Chris Haffey. Um And I didn't even get to film Chris that much, to be honest. But those two guys were just, like I said, they, they, were, they, were, ready to, they were ready to die for their shit every time they skated. So you, you, it was exciting every time picking up a camera and filming them. You know you're filming something kind of special. True, true. So, like, with that being said about Chris Haffey, like, right now I, I see him sto his stories. And, like, every now and then he plays golf. You obviously play golf. Like, it ever happened to you to, to play golf with Haffy or, like, any other blader? Oh, yeah, yeah. I play, half, I play golf with Haffy. Um, I, play half with, I play once with Chris. He's a very good golfer, way better than I am. Um, one of my close friends, Davey Blair, who was very big in the industry, um, he's a great, great golfer. I've golfed with him a bunch of times. He lives in Arizona, so we're not as close. Um, I golfed with Dave Payne for the first time. Um, not too long ago, Charlie Ashby, um, he golfs. I golf with him all the time. Um, actually golf with him last week. So yeah, there's a lot of role betters actually that are golfing. It's very competitive. Um, it's a, it's very, very skill-based. I hated golf my whole life. I always thought it was the stupidest, <laughs> dumbest sport anyone could play. Um, I never wanted to play it. <laughs> it was just like not so I just thought it was fat guys and khakis and, and I didn't think it was anything to it. Um, but when I started playing it just last year, it just took over my life. And so it lets me be very competitive and focus on, you know, having, trying to craft your skills. So, yeah, I, I love playing it. I, I love seeing those guys. Like Chris, Chris is an amazing golfer. He's, he's, he's damn near close to a scratch golfer, and so is Davey. Um, 
hopefully try to get more of these guys to go out and do it. But um, we'll see. Crazy. And like um, here in Italy, like the, the golf world, it's like a, a super exclusive thing. I mean, like only rich people, let me just pass this term, like are, are, are yeah. allowed to go in those clubs and everything. Is it, the, I, I wouldn't say is it the same in the U.S., but like it seems like in the U.S., like it's more open, the, the golf world, is it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it traditionally has been like that. Traditionally, it's been a very exclusive sport, but um, it's 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 really opening up. There's a lot more diverse individuals, not just, you know, people at country clubs. It's not just people who are, you know, corporate executives. A lot of people, I, when I go out now, you just see, like, people from all ages, all races, all cultures, they're all doing it. So it's pretty dope. It's, it's, it's changing quick. And I think you see a lot of the, the high-level tour pros um they're very diverse too perfect perfect so joe with that being said like uh is there any like um after all this corona thing happened like do you have like any uh future project or future prospects i've been talking to eric for maybe a year and a half about coming in and and, and doing doing the project doing um doing a section for one of his videos and he's always been down with it Um, and it just hasn't, we haven't had time to do it. I will say, I can't say right now what it is, but I have a pretty big project that everyone's going to know about, but because of the virus, um, it got pushed back. It, it, it should have happened in early April. Um, but it, it will, it will, it will happen probably this fall, depending on how things, things, um, ease up i can't i can't say too much about it right now and the only reason i can is because mm -hmm. um some of my intellectual property issues with this the names the, the 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 branding um they're still pending and so if i talk about it right now i i would risk you know somebody else coming in and 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 getting it but when i do it everyone will know and and it should be pretty cool i think everyone will be excited about it but it will have it will have um And we'll have its foot in skating, to say the least. So, wow! Looking I'll forward for that. When I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I can announce it, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you first. How about that? All right. Oh, it will, it will be like a, it will be like an uh, honor. And um, so, yeah, Joe, it's already like almost an hour, man. Like uh, it was like a tremendous honor. Thank you for your time. Thank you for like all of those things that you've shared here with us. And man, this has been like uh, amazing. No worries, man. Thank you for, for doing this. It was cool meeting you, bro. I hope you stay safe out there and uh, hopefully meet you in, in person in the future. Will be, will be great. And yeah, thank you so much and have a nice day. And that, just like you were saying, hope to see you soon. All right, brother. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Blading Chats.